Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. In this episode, I'm delighted to be in Lake Meadows Park in Billericay with Gemma Bird, known for her Instagram page, Money Mum Official. Gemma coined herself as a natural born saver and was mortgage free by the time she was 40. Gemma started sharing her top money saving tips on Instagram and TikTok during the pandemic which has led to her amassing a following of over 400,000 people across social media. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Save Yourself Happy. It's the first week of January, so Happy New Year. We do know that the start of the year is often a time where money can be tight, even without the cost of living crisis we're battling with, and so we thought Gemma would be the perfect person to talk to about setting and sticking to strong financial habits and her tips on mastering a healthy money mindset. Now, what I would say recording this is that I'm very aware, you know, myself that I am in a position where I'm fortunate. Um, I don't come from a background where we had lots of money as a child. Um, we didn't go on holidays and things. We out once or twice a year, but I would say that we're privileged in the sense that I had a home, a roof over my head, a loving family and food on the table. And so in this conversation with Gemma, you know, it's not about preaching to people. It's not like, oh, this is how you get loads of money or this is how you save loads of money or whatever in a preachy way. We're having a conversation and I'm having this conversation well aware that I'm in a fortunate position myself. Um, I cannot say that I'm without financial worries, but I would say I'm very aware that I'm financially fortunate. Let's get this conversation started. Gemma, welcome to the uh, Stompcast. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming along. Um, tell us first, where are we? We are in the beautiful Lake Meadows, um, near where I live. It's a really lovely park. And actually, I walk here a lot um, with the kids. Um, you know, it's just a great park to come and just have like a walk around. There's a little cafe here and stuff. So, yeah, it's really nice. It's in Essex. So, yeah, it's a really cute little park. You see a lot of runners and stuff here. Not that I run, Alex, but, you know, it's a nice place well, so, to walk. Well, you stomp, which is fantastic. I do, yeah. I, wa- walking's here. fine. Walking's great. It's more than fine. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And we've got a nice little fountain in the middle, a nice yes. bit of ASMR. We love that on the podcast. 
I'm hoping you can hear a little bit in the background. Um, it's nice just to be in tune, I guess, with the senses. So we talk about the five senses each week on the on the podcast. Um, so I think we'll just jump jump into a few things that you notice around you. If you could just for people listening, describe what you can see, what it's like, yes. context, time of year. Yeah, so it's quite it's a cold day today. It's really crisp, but it's still a nice day. Although there is a bit of a drizzle of rain starting to come overhead. Um, You've got a yeah, lovely fountain in the middle. It's very, very green here. It's very peaceful. Isn't it? Yeah, really peaceful. There's a lot of little doggies walking around. There are a lot of dogs. Which yeah, I'm very happy which, with. yeah, me too. I love seeing animals. I always think they're just so lovely. Um, and there's uh, ducks and birds around. Um, beautiful lake. Yeah, so it's really, really it's a, peaceful. It's, a, it's very nice actually, and it's kind of nestled in quite a, a suburban area. Isn't yeah, it? you kind of come here, and it's a bit of a getaway, I guess, for people from suburbia. Yeah. Um, and it's very close here, isn't it? You can get on the train into Liverpool Street within like 25, 30 minutes, can't you? It's very yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly that. So it's not far at all. Um, you're in Stratford from in about 15, 20 minutes. Oh, so wow. it's brilliant. Yeah, that so it's really good for getting into London. So it's a good location all, all in all. Let's dive into it, Gemma. So your following has grown really, really fast, yeah. hasn't it? And yeah. I think that, that pandemic time and the post-pandemic time has really grown. And I think that probably given your background and what you talk about, it makes a lot of sense because I think this is a hard time, isn't it? Very and as this episode yeah. goes out, it's the first week in January. So I think it's a particular time where people have yep. a lot of a lot of worries. When you Google your name, it comes up with um, mortgage three by 40 is one of the things that comes yeah. up. So I thought one of the first things, where, where did that, I mean, some of the reasons are obvious why someone would like to be mortgage free, but why was, why was that a thing? Can you tell us a bit about your yeah, background? Yeah, sure. So the, the main reason it was, I'd always say from a young age, from sort of the age of seven, my parents were always like, you know, if you want something in life, you've got to work for it. I wasn't um, academic in school. I'm dyslexic. I didn't get amazing grades. So I always thought, you know, like I'm not going to be a doctor or I'm not going to be um, you know, a lawyer or someone that's going to have this high paid powered job. So I always thought I'm probably not going to earn much money. So I need to make sure that what I do earn, I can get as much out of it as possible. Basically, it was it was always a thing that I you know I, I used to think whatever I do earn, I need to make it go further. So it was always just little hacks of how to save money, what I can do that's free, that's going to make me enjoy my life. And I remember I watched a programme years and years ago and it said it was pay off your mortgage in two years, which absolutely fascinated me. And I thought, oh my God, I would love to do that. And I just watched it and it was... It was all hacks on how they did it. Like they went and got extra work or they yeah. did this. They started overpaying. And then I started getting obsessed with like the mortgage calculator. Like if you overpaid by £30 a month, you'd save this much interest. And this was how much it would pay off your mortgage. So I started to sort of do that and overpaying as much as I could regularly. And this is when I didn't have any kids as well. And we rented out a spare room. This was with a previous partner. We rented out a spare room as well. And all that money went towards the mortgage. Then we separated. But before all this happened, I worked as an estate agent. Again, not earning really any much money at all. And I remember, I must have been about 23, 24. I remember this really tall, good-looking guy came in in this Range Rover car, obviously really impressionable, 23, 24-year-old girl. And he seemed to just have everything, you know, like the money, the car, the looks. What you, what you, I suppose you'd inspire to be when you're in your 20s. And I remember saying to him, how have you got all this? Like, how have you got this car? Like, tell me, tell me. Because he said he had all these properties. And he said, oh, I just... I just buy properties I hold them from years and then I sell them on so I was like okay so I said how can I do that then so he said you know you need to get a deposit and this that and the other so I'm a real doer like, I remember I came back into the estate agents there was no planning of anything I just he'd said to me that Walthamstow was an up-and-coming area so I googled Walthamstow and I just put in the cheapest house in that area it was a flat it was 109,000 and I remember thinking right okay so I remember the mortgage advisor in the office I just literally simply went over to her and said what deposit do I need and it was at the time where 
you could get, you know, mortgages for 5%. So it was brilliant. So I didn't have quite enough. So I said to my dad, who again, is not in a good financial situation at all, still isn't. He wasn't particularly ever good with his money. It was more mum. Said, do you want to go in halves and then whatever we make, we'll split. So we ended up buying sort of two properties that year. We held on to them for 10 years. I didn't earn any money off of it. Didn't take anything out the rent. Just literally left it in there. And then 10 years later, sold them on and made a huge amount of money, um, which was obviously fantastic. And the rest of it was saving. I went through a divorce and I'd met my husband at the time and he had um, 225 left on the mortgage. And for a mixture of saving and investment, I paid it off. So I was mortgage free in my late 30s. Oh, wow. um, and obviously house prices around here have risen. So there was a great headline that said that I'd paid off an 800 grand mortgage on a 25 grand a year salary. No, I didn't. Do you know what I mean? It was a mixture of savings and investment and it was a 225 mm. mortgage that I'd paid off. Um, but obviously that gave me big financial freedom um, with regards to not having that pressure but I still never earned loads of money so I was always still having to be really 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 careful with my tips and tricks hence why I started my page and thought well you know I'm not a genius or anything I'm not clever I'm just a girl that's that's what I'm quite good at is saving and making a bit of money so I'm just going to start sharing it with the world and changing the way that social media and other things were perceived and I know you're obviously on this show but things like Love Island it was just beautiful people standing there with the boot on shoes on these beautiful reality stars, which is nothing wrong with that. I'd never heard of them actually when I was on there. I was like, what are the Louboutins? <laughs> Why do people have red, is it red, yeah. red, red soles? Yeah. I can assure you there are no Louboutin trainers in my collection. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> there, only only, there isn't in mine either. Um, and it was, that was very much what social media was. And I just thought, you know, why is no one talking about the fact that they're in debt or they can't afford it or we're not all five foot ten with long blonde hair and we've just or loads come of the, loads of the actual, I'm not talking about Love Island here, but lots of the clothes that the people wearing are actually fake. Yeah. You see a lot of people wearing all these clothes and you find out, including people I know, that, that don't actually, they're not real. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I think there's a, there's a perception on social media that everyone's got this perfect life. Nobody does. It's, no one has a perfect life. It's got ups and downs, whoever you are. And I just wanted to do something that was quite different and share like, no, look, let, I've, got, I've got a deal on some baby wipes and why don't you go here? It's free. And start making saving call again and making a deal call again and being able to talk that you're in debt and not feeling ashamed because it's absolutely nothing to feel ashamed about. And that's basically how I sort of started in a nutshell. It's, uh, l let's go back a little bit to, I think, the, I mean, generally that, that kind of financial journey of ending up, you know, more mortgage free. I mean, it sounds like there was clearly, you kind of, saw potential there was an element of judgment and also luck we don't know what's happened with the market and yeah. it might have been a different story in london we don't know what would have happened we could have had a pandemic but anyway it was it was you know as like like many good outcomes there is a bit of good thinking there's a bit of luck that i think that's absolutely. i believe that's true with everything in life, absolutely so do i um and so you know i think for people listening now you know who are in january we're in probably one of the most difficult financial situations in this country that we've been in for a long time how do you even look at that as a possibility? Because, for example, right, so I moved to London in 2015. Yeah. Um, I think, as I mentioned at the start of the intro, I think people sometimes, for some reason, perceive that because I'm a doctor, I'm from a privileged background. Like, for the definition of privilege to me, I believe you're privileged if you have a roof over your head and you don't have imminent, constant financial worries. I think that's probably a start of privilege. But anyway, you know, in my sense, at least in my life, growing up, um, living in Wales, we ate out twice a year. We didn't go on holiday because the parents didn't have the money to do it. It was in a council house for the first couple of years. I'm not saying we were struggling, struggling. Like, we had everything that we could have wanted and I could have needed as a child. But I wouldn't say money was ready, you know what I mean? We yeah. couldn't go out and eat out yeah. hardly ever, literally once if, if twice. 
twice a year. And so when I've come, when I've come to London as a doctor and kind of used all the loans in the world to get through med school, yeah. I started earning 25 grand. That was my first salary, 25,000 pounds in 2015, which is absolutely nothing when you're trying to live in central London. No, I've been no. put in this hospital in central London. I need to live in a reasonable, commutable distance. Of course. And my rent was, I think my rent Your was, my initial rent was £1,000. So yeah. I was taking home £1,800 after tax a month. And my, my rent was eight, was £1,000. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? So where do you start as someone, particularly now where, you know, you need such a huge deposit, yep. interest rates are so high. Yep. How does someone look at it and go, do you know, I want to own my own home. How do you even start right now? I, I, I really feel for people so do I. in that situation. Like, what do you do? I think as well, it needs to be taught in schools. I want it in schools. Yes. I think that's where it starts from is the main thing. I think people don't realise how wealthy they are when they're 16, 17. And I think, unfortunately, because of the way things are now, I think we need to be thinking about it that early. I mean, yeah. I know I was, but if somebody had said to, somebody went into schools when the kids were like 15, going to get their first job, and they said to them, same thing, you're going to get a job, and your first job's going to, you're going to take home £1,600 a month. Yeah. But at the time, a lot of people will still be living at home with mum and dad. They might pay their mum and dad, say, £100 a week. £100 a week, so it's £400 a month, just for example, right? They've then got like a surplus of like 11, 12, 1,300 pounds a month left over. You don't realise how rich you are at that age. And I think that's where it definitely needs to stem from is such a young age of saying to them these, them now, right, we'll start putting away 500 pounds a month now because you've, you've got 800 pounds surplus to live off. You don't realise how wealthy you are. So I think that's a massive, massive part of it because I think if, like, if we, they got taught from sort of 16 to 20 to put this money away, there's a lot of, there's a big chunk of a deposit that they wouldn't have had do you see what i mean like spending it on this that and the other i also feel as well that it's about sort of managing your expectations and not thinking you've got to get on the property ladder at a certain age it's going to take a lot lot longer yeah. um you, don't panic if you're not on the property ladder by 25 your life's not over well, parts of europe don't don't buy yeah. they rent i mean certain parts i believe is it germany's a few there's a few countries across europe anyway that the people generally don't buy yeah. their own place they, they they do actually just rent that's just the norm yeah um so there's pros and cons there. well actually interesting i saw an article recently that said um that actually it is finan you're financially worse off buying your own home at the moment than you are actually re renting oh really which is really which is really interesting i'm not sure i quite agree with that in the in the long run but i think in terms of the short and immediate financial future it's actually basically the cost of owning your own home uh, because of interest rates because of so many other factors that go with owning your own home are actually incredibly yeah. expensive but yeah going back to that point of school i am very passionate that it should be taught because the number one we know the number one cause of anxiety and worry for adults is financial worry 100%. and we and a lot of people and i wonder how many people listening to the um podcast now have heard of the concept of financial health because it is a thing financial health is an absolute thing and when you leave school at 18 years old 16 or 18 years old how many people listening and yeah. you know be honest have a little reflection as how many of you genuinely understood what an isa was or how mortgage works how many mortgage rates work what inflation is what savings, how are saving rates even calculated? Those are like basic financial yeah. things. What are shares? What are stocks? <laughs> no. but, but, and it's not criticising people listening, because you know what, I have no damn clue. In fact, mm -hmm. one of the big things I think is completely wrong is that most students don't know what they're letting themselves in for when they go to university. I'm not like anti going to university at all. I, I went to university, enjoyed my time. It allowed me the opportunity to do what I do now. But you do take on huge debt going to university. Yep. Now, when I went to uni, I think my fixed rate of interest was 1%. So the burden of my loan wasn't huge. But I had no idea 
that I was paying interest from the minute I took the first pound. Yeah. I thought I started paying interest after five years. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. Now that interest rate is what, 6% or 7%. Yeah. That is, that is horrific. I mean, people, people that are taking on, so a medic now, because it's like nine grand a year, give it five, six years at uni, they're taking on eight hundred thousand pound of debt. Yeah. That's going to take them up to the fifties to pay that off. Yeah. Because of course, as, as I've said, a doctor's salary is, is not what everyone thinks it is. You start at 25 grand and probably after 10 years, you might be, if you're lucky, at 60. Yeah. So you're not going to be paying that back for a very, very long time. And I don't think that's a problem as long as you, well, it is a problem. I have many issues around it, but <laughs> I think as long as you understand, you can make choices. But I think so much of anxiety around finances that people, they don't understand because they're not taught about it. Exactly. If we, if we spoke about it in schools, we speak about absolutely everything else, but you're absolutely right. Like, there's so many people that don't know what, where to even turn if they get into debt. What do you mean at 16 I should start saving? What do you mean at an ISA? What is a pension? What, 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 is, what do you mean I've got interest on a mortgage? What do you mean I'm borrowing 200 grand and I've got to pay back more than that? I've had, I've had teenagers say that to me. What? But the house is 200 grand. Why am I paying more than that? Because there's interest. They're yeah. like, what? Well, that's, how am I going to pay that back? And well, I'm you like, pay back isn't depending on the loan. I mean, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hi. Hello, little stomper. Um, <laughs> That, well, hopefully, and by the time he's going through a school, he'll have good teaching exactly, about it. Exactly, yeah. You know, people don't understand that you'll often pay back between 1.5 and 2.5 times the value of the property. I know, it's crazy. You know, that's what you're going to end up paying back for this. It's, it's, it's you just, see 1% it's just, or 2%, oh, that's nothing. But And I feel as well, like, we live in a society where we talk about everything. We even, like, we talk about mental health now. We talk about being overweight. We talk about everything, but we still don't talk about money enough. I don't care what anyone says, and I still no, feel there's no, a no, no, massive divide between people and how people perceive themselves and how when you walk into a room, I, I know myself, just starting on Instagram, I go into a room and I feel rubbish about myself. I feel really low about myself because I walk in and they, people don't want to speak to me because they don't believe that maybe I'm as good as them or I've not got enough as many followers as them or you know there's such a divide on and it is to do with wealth and power and stature like I think everybody should talk to everybody and we should all mix and we should all be open and we should all be talking about things but I think it's one subject we definitely have nowhere near cracked because people still feel embarrassed to say on a group whatsapp chat really can't afford that that yeah, girl's yeah, trip to sure. Vegas and it's, un it's, it's having the understanding from both sides. You can be really, really, really wealthy, but not have the understanding that maybe somebody else can't afford to do that. And that's, again, that's not because they're in the wrong. It's maybe because we don't talk about it. So people will just put in a group chat, got a great idea, let's go here for the night. It's yeah. 150 quid. There could be and, 20 people on that And on group. the flip side, they, a lot of people, I think, and again, I, I, I kind of have experienced lots of different lives. I mean, I've been there, like, looking at a £20 note as a student, wondering how I'm going to get through the week. Um, to being in a better position now. But I think there's also a perception that people that are perceived to have money or something, you think, like, if it's a classic one's doctors, people, in, in, for some reason in this country, people still think that doctors earn lots of money. I'm not saying that 60,000 isn't a lot of money. What I'm saying is that when you take into account burden of debt, when you work out the number of hours that they have to work inside the hospital, outside the hospital, and you compare it to equal levels of academic attainment or pressure or skill sets, mm. they're not well paid. I think there's, you're going to struggle. No, I agree. You look at a People are going to really struggle to argue. A footballer with, with a doctor or a, right? a fireman, I always say, but they should get more. But often people perceive, for example, say, for, and I think this, again, it goes about kind of people are ashamed. If you're a business owner and you're perceived to have a successful business, People are afraid to say, oh, actually, do you know what? It's difficult at the moment. Like, yeah. times, are, times are difficult. You know, I've got a business prescribed and we're in a time of energy crisis. We're in a financial difficult time. It is more difficult. It's definitely a challenge for my business, you yeah. know. And I guess um, I've got lots of things that I do, but my 
outgoings are also very expensive. Yeah. I've got staff they have to pay. Even this podcast, you know, this podcast is, is a huge financial investment for me. Like I do it every week. There's people's, there's bills to pay, there's travel costs, there's um, uh, the fantastic Astrid Productions time to pay for. These are all things you have to think about. Yeah. So sometimes I think people look at it also and go, oh, it's easy for them. You know, yeah. they've got it easy. Actually, I have to be very careful. I have to be careful. A couple of really difficult months and all of a sudden, you know, your big bills become a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it is, it's something that I think that affects a lot of people, but there's absolutely a realisation that it squeezes very, very hard those people that are on the tightest of budgets of all. I think mm. that's what I want to hone in on because I am very, as I said at the start, very, very aware that I am in a privileged and fortunate position on the whole. Mm. Uh, it has its problems, it has its worries, and I'm worried like a lot of people are, but I can't compare that to what other people are going through. Yeah. So if we go into that, how, how does someone right now in January who maybe is really worried, it's been, they felt they've had to go out loads because that's what all the other mates have done. And on Instagram, they're gonna be seen to be partying over Christmas. Yeah. And they've looked at the bank account and gone, oh my gosh, the energy price, price has gone up. You know, my rent is this much and I don't have a lot of what money. How do I start saving? Well, how, how do, is there, a, even better question actually, is there any point saving? Right, I was about to say that. If you are in debt, there is no point in saving because most of the time, unless it's an interest-free debt loan that you've got, you're going to be paying interest on that debt. So you're, you, there's no point in you saving a tenner and getting a couple of pence in, in interest because it's amazing. Everything's gone up mortgages, but if you actually look at bank accounts, the interest rates on them haven't particularly risen. In fact, my children's money is still the same. It's, it's disgraceful. Well, inflation is destroying your money. Yeah. And inflation, if inflation's at 6%, that means your money is worth 6% less every year, but in a compound effect. It's like the anti-interest. So interest rates in a savings account is, you know, if you've got a 5% interest rate, that's compound. It's quite lovely. Yeah. It'd be lovely if interest rates were 5%. Yeah, but they're not, are but they? they're not. It is interesting, isn't it? Because you've got to look at that um, interest rate versus inflation, haven't you? Because mm. if you're essentially, if what is in your bank, the interest rate is lower than the inflation, at the end of the year... It's going to be worth less money, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So you, you need to weigh it up and you need to look, you know, all in all. If you was on a 0%, but then I would still say it's probably stress over your head, how you're sleeping at night. So I would say if you are in debt, look at clearing your debt first. If you have no idea where to start, there are places out there that can help where you. Where can people go? If you go, if someone's listening and going, do you know what, I've racked up credit card debt, I've got debt at the moment. Yep. Where do you go to get help? You can ring up the National Debt Helpline. It's a free phone number and they will put you in touch with people. You can also go to your local Citizens Advice Bureau, which will give you help maybe local help that you can get and it depends what amount of debt you're in but I always say whatever amount of debt you're in even if you don't see a way out there is always a way out it is only money and we all need it to live and survive I do get that but it is not worth anything more the most important thing is you and your mental health and not worth your life 100 percent and in January a lot of people unfortunately yes do take their own life because of money um so just always look at it. There's always a way out. Even if it's you, you're in a company and they wipe your debt off and you can't get loans or anything for, for six, ten years, whatever it is, the thing. I think it's six years, you know, if you, you go bankrupt yeah. and things like that. But there's a way out. And six yeah. years goes like that. Well, I've got to be careful because I don't like kind of selling that kind of dream at all. But, you know, there's people who have been bankrupt and become millionaires. Mm. I mean, I don't think that's a goal that people should achieve or whatever. I'm not glorifying that because also people that go bankrupt and it's the worst time. And I've never been and I don't know what it's like. But what I'm trying to say is that your life is very much worth so much your life's more than worth that, regardless more than any of amount of money or, or no money well, your been, life is your life is your life you know what i mean you, you it's worth more than anything or and you can you can get there so you know if anyone listening if you're in that situation 
check, you know, we'll put in the show notes um, links to that advice. Don't be ashamed around it. Like so many people struggle. We're going to talk about the health fact of the week later on, but so many people struggle with money and lots of people don't talk about it. Even more people don't talk about their money than the people that don't talk about their mental health almost, isn't yeah. it? Because it's so, people have such a degree of shame. So please don't be ashamed. Have a look at the show notes and you can see the, su- the support that's there. So we're going to wrap up part one. We have kind of really dived into everything. So I think what we'll do now in part two um, is really talk about, you know, kind of, the now and the future so for people listening who want to go right i'm in the financial situation i'm in whether you've got good savings or not very much savings and how they can build and grow and develop good healthy habits how's that sound sounds fun let's do it thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode me and Gemma. if you're not finished stomping yet make sure to go and listen to part two now or come back to catch up on tomorrow's stomp see you soon you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.